Welcome to the North Rock Church Podcast. For more great content and updates, visit northrockchurch.com. Enjoy the message. You guys know that we're in a series right now that's challenging us, that's reminding us, that's exhorting us to take heart. Right, to take heart, to lean into the Lord's courage in the midst of uh, difficult challenges. Um, and so this week we have got a very special guest with us. His name is Jeff Benson. Uh, he works with uh, Crossroads Counseling Center just here in, in the North Glen area. Um, he's also a military chaplain. And so we thought that as we've been talking about this idea of taking heart and wrestling with the anxiety and the fear that seems to be gripping so many in our society right now, that it'd be good to get kind of a clinic clinician's take on this. Now, I've known Jeff for some time. He's helped us with several four-square transitions uh, with some of our churches. He's also a pastor, um, and he's a very smart guy. Um, And I say that for two reasons. One, because he does have his MDiv, and he also has a master's in counseling. But I think we're the first church probably in his life that's uh, given him an honorary doctorate, because I think that's how we... Uh, I think that's how we put it on Facebook this morning. So would you please welcome Jeff Benson. Good morning. Great to be with you. So for those that are listening as well, we had just a beautiful faith-filled time of worship. Uh, Thank you for our team there. Just, uh, yeah, great experience. Just feel the faith in the room that we're not, we're not, uh, yeah, we don't have to be afraid. These are certainly uncertain times, but that doesn't mean they have to be fearful times. Uh, Yeah, it's so easy to to grip you. We were just uh, doing some basic shopping, uh, and it was so funny yesterday to, to see, you know, how many people are, are, you know, obviously, the, all the toilet paper's gone, so I think our, our new verse should be, let him with two rolls share with the one who has none. Um, so maybe we can start an, an offering or some sort of, you know, gathering of, of toilet paper for those who need it. Um, but even, you know, as even I was in the store, there's just that, that pervasive thing that can grip your heart of just like, oh my gosh, what do they have in their cart? Maybe I need some of those. Maybe I should buy two of them. Uh, it's, and so it's so, you know, uh, can grip us so easily if we're not careful. Uh, and so we want to, oh, I got the clicker here. So as we um, engage in looking at scripture, oh, we're switching over. Cool. All right. So as we uh, as we begin, uh, we want to just start with this kind of the foundation verse of of that we've been looking at from John sixteen. Uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples. It's the it's the hours before he's going to be crucified, and so he's spending time with his disciples to kind of get the final input into them. And he says, I've told you these things, talking about his upcoming suffering and the relationship that they have, so that in me you may have peace. And that's what our hearts long for, not only in these times, but at all times. We long for peace. And he goes on to state what's so true for us, right? In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Take heart. And that's where we're, we're drawing on in this series. Take heart, because I have overcome the world. And so we're looking at how Jesus makes a difference in our lives as we struggle uh, in those places where we hunger for him. So as you mentioned, uh, Navy chaplain, been doing that for 20 years. Uh, got a, a practice in counseling. 
um, that I've been doing for a number of years, working with folks from all kinds of spectrums of life, from marriage counseling to uh, anxiety, depression, all those things, and seeing uh, how much uh, our culture is really wrestling with just those foundational items of who am I and what do I base my life on and where, where can I look for hope? And so Jesus uh, reminds us that the peace that he gives is greater than the troubles that are around us because we are anchored in the truth that Jesus has overcome the world and all its brokenness. In the Bible in Hebrews it says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen. So what he said to his disciples then is just as true for us now. And so this morning we know that we can have peace because he has overcome the world. And so this morning I want to specifically talk about how he leads us to, to that peace and freedom from fear and anxiety. And it's interesting, I think the Holy Spirit has certainly been orchestrating the work here because Chad actually asked me to, um, to do this message several weeks ago and uh, before everything had blown up, you know. And so I was thinking more of, you know, hey, there's a lot of people that struggle with anxiety not knowing that we would have this wave of uncertainty that's flowing around us. And so I think, yeah, the, the Lord has got something for you today uh, in, in what he's been working on in this so there's a sociologist, uh, Barry Glasner, who wrote a book called The Culture of Fear. And that is, I think, so fitting for the time that we live in here, that we are in a culture of fear. And in his book, it was interesting because he looked at a number of measures uh, across historical references. And he, what he discovered is that uh, it is our perception of danger that has increased around us and not the actual level of risk in the world. He found that the overall levels of violence and war has been decreasing. He's found that the level of prosperity around the world has gone up, uh, what was it, um, um, doubled in, in the last 200 years. The world wealth is 100 times wealthier than it was and that that prosperity is more evenly distributed. He found that the crime rate in the U.S. has been steadily decreasing. But we wouldn't know that, would we? We don't hear that, do we? All we hear is that it's terrible and it's getting worse and worse. All we have to do is look at the the screens and the video feeds and, and the input around us. And we are inundated with messages that we should be afraid we have a 24 news hour cycle, you know, just this continuous cycle of news where people are breathlessly telling us how bad things are. And every crime and every perversion is, is thrust into our face. And every social concern is given a, 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 a hysterical eminence in our lives. And so we are just soaking in this anxiety and fear-based culture. Why? My wife is, has a degree in journalism, and uh, I learned from her the very sim- simple maxim is that bad news sells. Uh, I mean, that's the core element of this, is that what's driving this media is that we are captivated by the bad news and gripped by it. Think of the things in our world, in our culture of fear, war on terror, 
global warming, immigration, drugs, crime, gangs, and now COVID-19, right? All these things that are just perpetually pushed into us to be afraid and uh, and. The media has driven this, demanding our attention, hurting us along in these uh, channels of fear. Certain individuals use these things to advance their own agendas. Uh, and all around us there is a shrill voice that is crying out, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. <laughs> is it any wonder that we feel anxious, that we are afraid about our futures? That we see our neighbors as threats and that strangers are dangers rather than people just like us. Did you know that anxiety disorders are among the most common mental illnesses in the United States? Affects about 40 million Americans, uh, 18 and older. That's essentially, that's 18% of the population. Every year someone has, actually has diagnosable levels of anxiety. And it's not uncommon for those who have anxiety to also have depression or vice versa. Um, and so most, uh, half of the people with depression also have anxieties. Uh, women are nearly twice as likely to have uh, a diagnosable anxiety. Um, I don't think that women necessarily have more anxiety than men. I, I guess I think that men show negative emotions differently. Uh, men are, are more inclined to channel negative emotions into anger or to simply shut down emotionally. Um, so that's a topic for a different day, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm not trying to single out women as somehow, you know, more anxious. But uh, I think it's, it's all around us, right? This, it's, and yet it's so highly treatable. It really is. Um, but only like 36% of people who, with anxiety are actually getting help. I found this was fascinating as I was digging into this. Do you know the United States has one of the highest anxiety rates in the world? Isn't that odd? I mean, if to me, I, I just was surprised by that because I thought of all the nations in the world, we, we have the least to worry about. <laughs> You know, we have prosperity, we have access to an amazing medical, we have high levels of education, we have a society that's ruled by law, that there's uh, community, you know, support, that we're, we don't have, you know, the problems that grip so much of the rest of the world, and yet we are so anxious. Why? Well, I don't think it's you know attributable to a single uh, case, but rather it's an accumulation of a number of things. Our lifestyles. Right? We are we are a driven driven people. We are just always on the go and always on the kind of just the fringe of our ability to cope with our self-induced activities and going and worrying, moving and uh, and being so overwhelmed with so many things. Uh, it's our technology, as we talked about, our, our screen time and the input and this continuous uh, stimulus that we're under that's that's not always encouraging or edifying. It's our relational norms, um, our community, or lack thereof. 
There are so many people who are tremendously lonely. They're isolated. They're cut off from meaningful relationships and and nobody to to help them feel like, hey, I've got somebody who cares about me, who's going to be there for me, who will support me. And so, gosh, that's frightening and anxious producing. Um, And it's also our, our... are declining sort of as a nation faith practices of having community where we are rooted and and united in worship and prayer and being reminded of of the greater truths around us and so we we kind of get blown around by the prevailing winds of our culture and the and the messages that grip us so i want to just share a few thoughts with us this morning some scripture and some tools that i hope will help you experience um, god's message of peace to you as he overcomes. As Jesus said, I tell you these things that you may have peace. Take heart. He's overcome the world. So first of all, if you're listening today or if you're here uh, and you have anxiety, hey, you're not alone. Uh, And I want you to know that you are loved and you are supported. Having fear and anxiety doesn't mean that you're defective. It doesn't mean that somehow you're not enough. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're an incomplete Christian, that there's something wrong with you. Every one of us has times and things in our lives that are struggles and trials. And the beauty of the churches is that we are called to be engaged with each other, to walk with each other through those periods of hardship and struggle and trials, to to journey together through those and to the other side. And so take heart today, if, if this is if this is you, if this is your life, like engage with it and hear it and know that that you are uh, not a solo traveler on this and you're not isolated and you're not alone. There's a big difference between uh, fear and anxiety. Um, Fear relates to a known or understood threat. Anxiety uh, follows from an unknown or poorly defined threat. So if I'm walking on the hiking trail and a bear appears in front of me in the trail, I'm going to feel fear because that is a well-defined threat. I know there's a bear. I know that could be a bad deal. But anxiety is due to a poorly defined perception of a threat. We, we don't know what the threat is exactly. We just feel threatened. We don't know what the fear is exactly, but we feel uncertain. And so, so much of anxiety is driven really by our mind's interpretation of uncertain uh, stimulus and, and information around us. And as we, as we ingest that, our minds begin to tell us a story. And usually, when we have fear and anxiety... That story is the worst case scenario. We start thinking about what could happen. What might happen? What ifs? You know, what if this happens? What if that happens? And, and, we, and we follow that to extreme events. Well, gosh, if this thing goes and this thing and then the next thing, I know I'm going to be living on the street all alone and I'll be, you know, uh, the worst possible things that I could imagine are, are going to be true for me. But what we find to be true is that doesn't happen. How often in your life have your worst case scenarios ever come to pass? 
you know. But we tell ourselves that, and then we dwell on it. And the longer we dwell on it, the more the stress manifests. And pretty soon the anxiety becomes comes crippling, and, and we are all captivated, all because we tell ourselves, what if? What if? 97% of the time, studies have actually shown that the things that we are anxious about never happen. So what's the story going through your head? What are you telling yourself? Are they stories of abandonment or of failure? Being exposed as not enough, not good enough. Stories that if things don't work out right, you'll find yourself with all that you value torn away from you. Our minds are immensely powerful for good or for ill. But I think that they are like wild horses. Come, wild horses. Am I going? Am I going? There we are. Wild horses. <laughs> uh, me and technology. Uh, our minds need to be trained, right? They need to be, to be brought under control. Otherwise, they have a tendency to stampede and they drag our hearts off to some pretty dark places. Billy Graham once said that at its best, anxiety distracts us from our relationship with God and the truth that he is Lord of heaven and earth. At its worst, anxiety is a crippling disease taking over our minds and plunging our thoughts into darkness. In order to understand God's power over fear, there's a Bible study that our story that I have always loved from 2 Kings chapter 6. It's the story of Elisha and the king of the Arameans, which is modern-day Syria. The king of the Arameans was was trying to invade and attack Israel. And so he would uh, gather his forces and he would try to, to move in. But every time he was underway, the Lord would tell Elisha what they were up to, where they were going, where they were going to attack, where they set their ambushes, all those things. And so the armies of Israel were always able to evade them or outmaneuver them. And so the king calls his counselors together and he's furious. He's like, one of you is an informant. Like somebody has given up our plans. One of his advisors says, no, it's, it's not us. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, knows, knows all of our details as if he was sitting here and he's telling them what to do. So the, the king's like, fine, like, let's take Elisha out of the picture. We're going to mount a mission, get our army together, and we're going to go capture him. So they find out what villages he's staying in. They infiltrate at night. They surround the village where Elisha is staying. Try not to get into too much military speak here. <laughs> but how much that is like anxiety, right? Anxiety is the thing that comes in the middle of the night. It surrounds us, it creeps in, and it cuts us off. And pretty soon we are feeling like we are all alone and that we are just surrounded by the enemy and that we are helpless and vulnerable. Well, the next morning, a servant of Elisha gets up to go outside to take care of business, get water, whatever he does. And he walks out and, oh my gosh, there is the, the, there is the army of the airmans surrounding them. He runs back in and he cries out to his master, what shall we do? What shall we do? 
right? And how much that is like our engagement with anxiety. We feel panicked, right? What do I do? I'm surrounded. I have no help, no resources. I'm all alone in this. Ah, and, and we, we're, we're struck with that fear. Well, Elisha comes out and he takes a look around. <laughs> and he tells his, his servant, don't be afraid. Those, are who with, who, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. <laughs> I love this. Like I can imagine the servant being like, <laughs> Master, I think your mask's a little messed up here. <laughs> and then Elisha prays. Lord, open his eyes so that he can see. And his eyes are opened and he sees the horses and chariots of the Lord with fire filling the mountainside surrounding Elisha. And he's set free in that moment from the fear as he sees the truth. The truth of God's presence. The truth of, of God's power to protect and to surround and help. And we don't have to be afraid. This is wonderful news for those who are gripped with fear. While it might seem that you're surrounded and that there's no way out, in fact, there is more with us than those who are around you. And it's time to stop believing the lies of fear that have gripped your mind for so long. It's time to fight the lies with the truth of God. The truth is that He is defeating that fear. The truth is that He is greater than whatever would limit you and bind you. As Jesus said, Take heart, for I have overcome the world. Greater is the one who is in us than the one who is in the world. The same power that conquered the grave is at work in us. The same truth that that set us free is with us. The same one who calms the waves and stills the storm is in you and beside you today. Amen. I love this story, how this story with Elisha ends. (laughs) So Elisha goes out in the road to meet the army that's marching into town. And God does like the greatest Jedi mind trick ever. He, he, he blinds the eyes of these generals so that they can't see. Basically, these are not the droids you're looking for. Uh, <laughs> Elisha comes out and he says, you're in the wrong place. This is not the right town. I'll take you to where Elisha is. And they're like, okay. And so Elisha literally walks ahead of the whole army and he takes them to the city where the king of Israel is with his army. They walk into the center of the city. They close the gates behind them and they've captured the whole army. And the king of Israel runs out to Elisha and he's like, shall I kill him? Shall I kill him? And Elisha's like, no, don't do that. Why would you do that? Instead, feed them, give them a drink, and send them home. And that's what they do. They, they throw a banquet for the, the army that had come to destroy them. They feed them, they take care of them, they bless them, and they send them back home. And it says that the army never raided in Israel again. <laughs> Isn't that our God? 
Isn't that so much our heart of our God to, to bring in what would destroy us and to remove it, to defang the serpents and just send, it, send us out on the way with, with freedom from fear, having won over the things that had captured us. It's time to fight the fear in the way and the power and the spirit of God. Love is greater, right. right? Love is so much greater. And God's love flows out from the throne to us. And the way we fight is by starting by centering our hearts in who you are in Jesus. Do you know who you are? Yep. Yep. Do you know? Do you know the authority that has been given to you because you are in Jesus? The Lord is your shepherd. He is with you. He loves you. He watches over you. He knows you and he delights in you. He has blessed you. He has chosen you. He has sealed you with his Holy Spirit, marking you as one of his own. He chose you before the beginning of time to be adopted as his child. He has blessed you in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. If God is for us, how, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able, in all of creation, including a particular virus, right, COVID-19, nothing else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Psalm 27 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Much of our anxieties and fears come from feeling that we are alone. Or that if we fail, we're going to lose what matters most to us. Whenever those fears come, I just want to encourage you to remember who is the maker of heaven and earth. The one who knows all and can do all, who loves you and has good plans for you. When anxiety comes, I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus. The story from Matthew 14 is so precious in this time. Jesus has been teaching his disciples. He sends them on ahead of him while he just dismisses the crowd. And so the the disciples are out there rowing. It's late at night. and And a wind begins to kick up against them. The waves pick up against them. And they're struggling out there. And scripture says in the fourth hour or fourth watch of the night, right at the end of the night, Jesus comes to them walking on the sea. But when it says the disciples saw him, they were terrified. And they cried out, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Take heart. 
And Peter answered to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come on. And Peter gets out of the boat and he begins to walk on the water towards Jesus. But this text says that, that when Peter saw the wind, he was what? He was afraid. And he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reaches out to him and gathers him up. He took hold of him and he says, oh, you have little faith. <laughs> Oh, you of little faith. You're the only one that got out of the boat. But, <laughs> oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. You see, Peter on the, on the water looked to find out what was true around him. Instead of what was in front of him. When he took his eyes off of the one who is the truth. And began to look at the prevailing conditions around him. He began to have fear. But when he put his eyes back on the source of truth. He was saved. And so right now. right, we, It's so easy for us to take our eyes off of the one. And begin to look at the prevailing conditions around us and the wind and the uncertainty and the unknowns. And begin to have fear and to start to sink into the anxiety and the fears and the depressions and the what ifs and what might be's. But all we have to do is turn our eyes back to the one who saves us. Hebrews exhorts us, let us run with perseverance the course marked out for us. And fix our eyes on Jesus. And so when the fears rise up, put your eyes on him. He's got you. When you're worried about whether what might happen to your health, he's got you. When you're worried what might happen to your job and your paycheck, he's got you. As, as Bono said once, brother, my, my God is not on his last dime, right? <laughs> he's got you. When we're afraid for our, our family... Our children, he's got them too. He's got the whole world in his hands. Amen. <laughs> he's got you and me, brother, in his hands. He's got you and me, sister, in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. So keep your eyes fixed on him. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Love the parallelism that, that Hebrew scriptures use. They use a phrase and then they, and then they use another phrase that connects the first phrase and, and deepens the meaning. For when we put our thoughts on him, we have peace. He is the source of the peace in the storms. Perfect peace is possible for you as you increasingly learn to trust him and to turn away from the anxious thoughts and the fearful stories that we tell ourselves. And we focus on Jesus' love and ability to take care of you, to protect you, and to provide for you. Turn your heart to him when that fear rises up. In the dark of the night when you can't sleep, when all the doubts begin to parade and the, and the voices in your head are pounding on you, turn to Him. Turn to Him. 
So let's talk about a few action phrases, uh, action steps that we can that we can do. The first thing that that is helpful for us to do: turn this off. <laughs> turn this thing off, especially social media. Right? It has been clearly proven over and over again that the more social media you do, the higher your levels of anxiety and depression. Reduce your screen time addiction. Simply limit the amount of time you spend checking the news, the time that you hear talk radio, all the other sources that peddle fear into your life. Give it up for a season. See how you feel. We're in the season of Lent. Uh, giving up social media is a great Lenten activity to do. It's not too late to start. If you haven't been doing anything, hey, it's not too late. Just jump on board. Give up the social media. How many times a day do we actually need to check the news to know what's going on? Maybe once. But the rest of the time, right, they just tell the same thing over and over again. The the news scroll just over and over again. They say the same thing over and over again. But it is seducing our hearts. And so we don't need to immerse ourselves in that. I'll get behind my slides here. The next thing that we can do once we turn down the noise is to do what Psalm 4610 says. Be still and know that I am God. We have so much noise, so much input, it's hard to slow it down. It's hard to turn it off. But you can do yourself a great kindness um, to just take a few minutes at various times in the day to breathe. <laughs> this is the first step I work with with people dealing with anxiety is breathe. You see, our mind and our body are connected. And when our mind says we're in, we're in danger, it creates a physiological response in our body. And our blood pressure goes up, our heart rate goes up, our, our respirations go up, all these things where our body is getting ready to respond. But we just sit in this hyper-vigilant state. But when we act with our body, we're sending the message back to our mind, we're cool. <laughs> this is how I am when I'm asleep. I'm just nice, deep, slow breaths. And it will calm your mind. And then practice what I call benevolent detachment. <laughs> it's releasing the things that are going on in your life. Release everyone and everything to God. So as you take that breath, Lord, I give everyone and everything to you. God, I give everyone and everything to you. And then just listen. What comes up in your heart? What are you hanging on to? What are you, what are you obsessing about? What are you worried about? And then just, God, I give that to you. I give my child to you. I give my job to you. I give my fear to you. Whatever it is, you'll do your heart good by just practicing that on a regular basis. Just 60 seconds to breathe and release. The third recommendation I have is to shepherd your heart. 
Scripture says, whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is true, whatever is praiseworthy, think on those things. Right? So train your mind to stop with the anxious thoughts and direct it to the good things, the, the positive outcomes. Scripture exhorts us to give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because gratitude is diametrically opposed to a spirit of fear. When we're able to praise God and thank Him for what we do have, we're focusing on, on the good things, the abundant things, the, the things that are well in our lives, instead of the, the little small slice of the pie of things that are, are fearful for us. So other things that you might find helpful, um, and I'm just going to make a shameless plug here, uh, counseling. It's helpful to sit down with somebody and just talk through what's going on with you. Sometimes we, we don't have the perspective to, to hear and understand the stories that we're telling ourselves until we tell them aloud to somebody else. And they can, and they can help us test them for the validity of really, you know, what's the likelihood of that happening? You know, well, if it did happen, what would be, what, you know, is that really the end of the world? Those kind of conversations that can be so liberating for us. Uh, as we talk with other folks, you see, we feel what we believe. And so when we are gripped by fears, we are believing a lie that has told us that we should be afraid. The other thing that, that can be helpful is, is medication. We are mind and body. And sometimes our mind and body can get stuck in a loop. And so I've seen medication be uh, a great help to people that are really struggling with anxiety. There's nothing wrong with, with using this. Just as we would take medication for a headache or high blood pressure, right? We don't condemn people for taking medicine. We don't say, you don't have enough faith. You're not praying enough because you're taking high blood pressure medication. So it's, it's no problem, right? It can help us get out of a rut that we're stuck in while we, while we build additional skills to help move us out of that place. A lot of times I've found, uh, talking with others, uh, the praying Psalm 23 is actually quite helpful. Um, in that midnight, restless, insomnia experience, to just meditate on and pray through Psalm 23 can be a profound tool to use in helping with anxiety. And so as we move towards wrapping up here, I want to actually just invite us... Uh, Okay, I'm getting it. You got to double click. All right, let's let's uh, let's say this together. Just infuse our hearts with the word. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Great truth there, isn't it?
So to conclude, I, I would like to invite you, this is just if this would be helpful for you. Scattered around, there are three-by-five cards. Uh, you might need to you know, move and grab one if there's not one right next to you there. But what I had in mind here was that um, just to give you an opportunity to write down uh, something that whatever's going on for you, for anxiety or fear that you might have. It might be anxieties about your health, your retirement, your children, your job, whatever anxiety that might be having for you. Even if you just have anxiety and depression itself, put that down. Just write down on the card, whatever it is. And I want to invite you just while, we, while the music team leads us in closing up to, to be able to come forward and just, just set it on the, on the platform here. I'll get out of the way, but just set it down. And this, this laying it down is offering this to the Lord to release it, to give it to him. To say, I'm, I'm done with this. Or I'm done carrying this fear and this anxiety. And I'm giving it to you. And laying it down, it's, it's not only just a one-time thing. This is, a, this is, I'm making a commitment that when I think of this again, I'm going to remind myself, no, I laid that down at the feet of the Lord. I put it on his altar and I've given it to him. And it no longer gets to own me. It no longer gets to shackle me. It no longer gets to control my life. Because I've laid it down. And I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus. Cast all your cares on him. Because he cares for you. Let me close with this. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Come and let him have it. Thank you, Lord. Father, that's the cry of our heart this morning. You've never failed us. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm glad we gathered in Jesus' name. How about you? Jeff, Anastasia, thank you so much for being here with us. What a gift. Can we give it up for Pastor Jeff? So good. So good. But maybe you're here today and you're just saying, Pastor Chad, this was really helpful as I deal with some of the anxiety and fear that's pervasive in our society and that I wrestle with on a daily basis. But as I stand here today, I'm not sure that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I just tell you that that one decision will do more to combat the fear and anxiety in your life than any other you could make. So whether you're making that decision for the first time or like many of us, we've made it over and over and over and over and over and over again. We're going to pray a prayer that does exactly what we just did here. We brought this stuff that ravages our hearts and our heads and our lives. And we've laid it at the feet of the Lord. Remember John 16, 33. Take heart because he has overcome. Because he has overcome. And because he has overcome, we can 
stand with a sound mind in Jesus' name, amen. amen. We can operate in love, amen. right? Sound mind, love, and hope. My encouragement this morning is that we would not just lay down what we carried in here, but that we would take out and we would be the church this week with what God has deposited. I know there are many of us here today that are saying, Pastor Chad, I don't know that I have anything to give. Listen, you have hope. (laughs) You have peace. You have the Savior and Creator of the world. You have more than you know. So let's pray. Let's invite him into our lives, whether it's our first time or our 50th time. Let's pray it like it's our first. Nisha, you got something you want to say? Come here. Yeah, come here. One thing, I had gone to a ladies' thing yesterday, and it was all about this and our fear. And that our posture is coming from like a defeated posture. And one of the lines that they had said, one of the ladies that spoke said, was that we're fighting for victory. But the thing is, we are fighting from victory. It is done. And we need to we need to have that as our posture and our perspective. It's already done. And we need to live in that confidence that he says that it's done. So we just need to trust the Lord in that. So that's Amen. He has overcome. Thank you, Nisha. Amen. Let's pray this prayer as those who are receiving and have already received freedom from fear and anxiety. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and rose from the grave three days later. Good. Let me hear you. From this day forward, I dedicate myself to learning the scripture, living in fellowship with God's people, and following you in water baptism. In Jesus' name, we pray and we trust. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the North Rock Church Podcast. For more information about our church and upcoming events, check us out at northrockchurch.com or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram.